Bam 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 I am Lisa Linky. I am one half of the dynamic duo bringing this podcast to you every week across from me on the Ethernet connected wire. And on my screen is Misty Stinnett. And today, friends, today, today is not a full frontal Friday. That's the first time I've said that without an Elmer Fudd voice. It is, in fact, a weekly beef. It's Tuesday. Get ready for your weekly beef. On Fridays, we do a full book review where we tell you the ins, outs, the ups, the downs, tips, tricks, the A's, the booze, all the good and the bad of a popular self-help book and whether or not we think you should buy it or burn it. Buy it or burn it. That's our new uh, rating scale. <laughs> that That is a dichotomy and we're sticking to it. And then on Tuesdays, we dive in. We follow up on homework. We might have special guests. We might have articles and on the rare occasion, trivia. But today, Misty, we need to follow up with some homework. Yeah. So on our last episode, we had Caroline Giuliani on the show, who is Rudy Giuliani's daughter. And we had an incredible conversation about how to navigate tough conversations, for example, when you disagree on politics Mm -hmm. with your family. It was wonderful. Because that's something... It was wonderful and... All of us got really vulnerable and Caroline had such brilliant ideas and strategies that she employs when trying to have conversations with her dad or her brother or any other members of her family because Caroline is supporting the Biden-Harris campaign. And of course, Rudy Giuliani is Trump's lawyer. You know, she was so gracious in coming on to talk with us about her experience trying to maintain close family relationships when there is such a difference in opinion and belief. So that episode is not to be missed. We had some technical issues, so it might sound a little bit different than our other episodes because y'all, we ended up having to use the Zoom audio backup. (laughs) (laughs) Which is okay. On that one. That's what it's there for. Yes. And there was like construction noise in the building I was recording in. And it was just like everything that could go wrong went wrong. But we wanted to preserve that conversation in its entirety, even if the audio quality wasn't, you know, what I would dream that it might be. So there was no homework to check in on, but your homework is to go and listen to that episode because I think it will just make you feel empowered and validated and like you're not alone, which is awesome. Yeah, but Lisa, today I have for everyone, you and everyone, a article I wanted to share that is probably a bit overdue, but better late than never, I guess. (laughs) This is from Smarter Living, which is part of the New York Times, and I love this newsletter so much. And this is from September 14th, 2020. And real quick, I guess we should timestamp the episodes today. Yes. What day is it? In the space-time continuum, Lisa. Who can know? But we are marking it on the Roman calendar as September 21st. September 21st. And of course, this episode will come out at the end of October. Yes, we're not going to correct it. Uh, at the end of October. And <laughs> the election feels, it feels like a tome. Out. It's going to be so long, it feels like a tome. 
Atom. So this article that I'm going to read you is from the New York Times, their Smarter Living newsletter. It was written on September 14th of this year. So it actually just came out a week ago. And it is all about how to help someone who has lost a job. Ah, oh, send them a beer. Send them a beer and with a note that says, good fucking luck. <laughs> there you go. Um, this was go help yourself. Okay, so this is written by Dory Chevian. Losing a job is always a dispiriting experience, but losing a job when jobless claims have reached record highs can be especially traumatic. Competition among job seekers is stiffer than ever, and experiencing it during a global pandemic when you can't even commiserate in person? Even worse. Still, there are ways to reach out to newly unemployed friends from a distance and make the experience slightly less awful. Whether you offer an ear, professional skills, or even money, here are some ways to help with sensitivity. Send money when it's appropriate. The obvious first stress for many people after losing work is how they'll survive without the income. Offering financial help is a logical step, but writer and advice columnist John Paul Brammer urges that you consider your relationship to the person before making what can be an uncomfortable gesture. And even then, only give what you would feel okay not getting back. There's a lot of conventional wisdom about not loaning friends money or only loaning money that you can afford to never get back, added Rachel Wilkerson Miller, a service journalist and the author of The Art of Showing Up, and that still applies here. Since giving money to a friend directly can sometimes feel awkward, a good alternative is a gift card or virtual exchange. If you know they're uncomfortable about taking money, you can disguise it a bit, said Allison Green. I'm reading that this means trick your friends and I'm here for it. Allison Green is a work advice columnist and the author of Ask a Manager. She suggests a gift card to a grocery store. Ms. Miller and Mr. Brimmer both like to Venmo their friends for things like drinks or dinner and leave it to their discretion where the sum really goes. The point here is to make them comfortable, Ms. Miller said. The second thing is help them in their job search. Finding new work is always hard, but especially so during a pandemic. If you have contacts in your newly unemployed friends industry and they've indicated they'd be interested in your help, then passing along their resume, sharing contacts, or inviting them to virtual happy hours is hugely helpful, and it's something you can do at any stage of your own career. If you have a well-equipped home office, consider how many people lose resources, like a printer or a fax machine, which you might need for things like unemployment filing or COBRA, Ms. Miller said. Offer up your equipment. Ms. Miller suggests loaning an old computer to a friend who's had to return a work laptop. If you're not sure what sort of tech resources they might need, just ask. One way to help new parents who are unemployed is to offer to babysit with COVID-19 precautions in place, such as wearing a mask or staying outside for the afternoon. No one can possibly perform well with a crying baby tugging at their sleeve. Take the burden off your friend's shoulder for a few hours if you can. Give a gift. Beyond the stress of finances and the slog of finding new work, losing a job is simply distressing. Our work and our jobs are really tied in with our feelings of self-worth, competence, our feelings of being valued. Mr. Brammer said, there's a lot of shame oftentimes with being let go from a job because you wonder, could I have done better? Was I not good enough? Luckily, there are lots of ways to show that you still value your friend, even when things are hard. Flowers are an obvious choice. It's tried and true, Miss Miller said. And my colleagues at Wirecutter have tested for the best mail service if you go that route. 
A chocolate box can never go wrong either. I love the Beverly Hills-based chocolatier and Sons for its chocolate care packages. I mean, okay, that's, that's gonna cost. If us I lost a job and someone sent me a package, I'd be like, "Listen, just give me a pound of C's and leave me alone. Tur- look away." I'm gonna drive by <laughs> and I'm gonna throw a Hershey bar at your door. You're welcome. <laughs> oh God. Please don't ever buy me Hershey. I hate Hershey's chocolate. Okay. (laughs) Goodbye to potential sponsorship. (laughs) Hershey, come on the podcast. Even if your newly unemployed friend isn't concerned about their livelihood while unemployed, consider what little luxuries they may have had to sacrifice. Oh, I love that. If you bought me a Voluspa candle after I lost my job, I would love that gift so much. Except I lost my job listeners, and I can't afford that. (laughs) I will get you a, a tea light. No Do you thanks. want a tea light? I'm all Just good. one? Okay, yeah, cool. Check in, but don't pry. Long after the calls and cards dry up, your friend may be stuck in application purgatory for many more months. People check in immediately after, but not a few weeks or months later, Miss Green said. So checking in on a regular basis and asking how they're doing means a lot. There's a way to do it that's supportive rather than interrogating, though. Do not constantly ask them for updates, Miss Green said. It might feel supportive to ask, how is the search going? But it can make people feel bad, embarrassed that they don't have something better to report. To give your friend the space to choose how much they disclose, Ms. Miller recommends just asking them about their week or what they've been up to. If they want to talk about it, they'll take those questions and tell you. And if not, they'll feel relieved they don't have to. If you're at a loss for words, Mr. Brammer said, the best thing you can do is just offer an ear. Just a few words need to be said. I'm here to listen if you ever need. And that is the article. Nailed it. Oh, thank you to Smarter Living. <laughs> Through nope, no it fault was of all my own. Misty. <laughs> it was all me. I take all the credit. So I just thought that was so helpful because I didn't think about the part of gifting, about how you might have to start sacrificing luxuries or not even luxuries, but things that maybe really help your mental health. And you might say, okay, I'm not gonna buy that vitamin supplement that helps me this month because that's really expensive, you know, or that's something I need to cut back on. So I thought that was, that was really cool. And I love the idea of a care package. I love the idea of sending a gift card to a restaurant and saying, Hey, dinner's on me while you're, you know, enjoy some Thai food while you're filling out job applications. I just thought that was so lovely. And I, I don't really know what to say to people other than to validate them and say that sucks. And can I send your resume anywhere? I say, what did you do? Yeah, you probably <laughs> fucked up. You should probably look at that. I know a real good therapist if you need one. But you probably can't afford one now because you lost your job and your benefits. So maybe move to like... Good luck. I don't know, London, England, <laughs> and get free social health services. That's what I say. It's very helpful. Then I like to lecture them for, I'd say a minimum 15, 20 minutes to make sure it sinks in about what I do right at my job. And then I say, I used to be really good at writing resumes, but the last resume I wrote was over 10 years ago. So like, don't use me as like a resource because I'm out of the game of what's like in with resumes. Or I say, I'm so good at writing resumes. And they go, awesome. Can you help me with mine? And I go, oh, I don't work for free. (laughs) Here's the thing. I love that so much. (laughs) You know, in LA County, in the LA County area, a quarter of a million people in the entertainment industry lost their jobs at the beginning of COVID. It's coming back gradually, but like, I can't send everybody I know who lost a job. I can't. Not even just my friends. I can't. I don't have the money. So I love that this, uh, I do want to acknowledge this comes from a place of like, I still have 
an, a job. I still have income. I am independently wealthy. Mm-hmm. I am able to do these things for my friends. Yeah. Well, because you and I are both unemployed right now at the time of this recording. And it's like, I would love to send you a $30 candle. I'm not going to do it. Bitch, don't. I'm just going to hop on FaceTime with you. My place looks like a hoarder lives here. I don't want anything else to go in it. Yeah, but then you can burn it. You can burn it to the ground <laughs> slowly and with the sweet scent of lychee in the air. Okay. okay. <laughs> with that, everybody, may your friends and your own job searches be abundant. abundant. Bye, friends. Bye. Go Help Yourself was produced by Misty Stinnett and Lisa Linky. Our theme song was written by the inimitable Matt Sav. Inimitable. There's nothing we love more than hearing from you. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. We're also at gohelpyourselfpodcast on Instagram and at ghypodcast on Twitter. And you can go old school and check out our website at gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. It basically is a fancy PowerPoint slide. If you liked our podcast, <laughs> please subscribe, rate, and review because it helps helps other people find our show. You know who else needs to find it? Your friends. Tell all of your friends. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.